0: We finally have a trade, like a trade trade, not just like a uh, here's a second rounder for, you know, clearing my cap space type of trade. We have a trade of a player that's going to be interesting on their new team. It's the best time of the year. I say it every year and I mean it every single year. Trade season is upon us in the NBA. We are less than a month from the February 10th, a Thursday deadline. And everything is starting to heat up, which means that things are heating up over here at No Bucks Given. That's right. That's the name of the podcast you tuned into. We're doing trade stuff for the whole month. Every week, we're going to have different stuff about the trade because there's going to be new content, whether it's new teams in the mix, new players on the market, or a trade that's gone down earlier than the deadline, like the one that we're talking about today. We're going to be talking about the camera industry that I've alluded to multiple times and then we're going to talk about the trade landscape. But before we get into that, let me introduce our co host, as always, the official co host of No Bucks Given and a partner in a new venture coming in about a month. Keep an eye out. It is the hardest man working on Twitter today. Nick Andre at Nick Andre ATR on Twitter. Go give him a follow. How are you, sir? How's the weekend?
1: I am doing fantastic. Um, The Zion to New York talks have been (laughs) whirling around again, as you may know. But we'll see. We'll just have to see.
0: If you want to hear more about Zion possibly asking out a few months ago, Dre and I tried to do an episode on other things and ended up talking over an hour about how the New Orleans Pelicans are ruining everything that they're trying to do and how they're going to lose – zion by doing it go and check it out if you care but it's true it's not really true zion's not on the market but it's always been a weird season and people are talking about him back to new york for a reason involving the most recent trade let's just dive right in right into the cam reddish trade Cameron Lynch was traded from the Hawks to the Knicks. We're going to talk about every part of this trade, but let's get some stuff out of the way. The Zion stuff is because Cam and RJ Barrett, the star, one of the stars in the New York Knicks, the third overall pick in the Zion draft, plays for the Knicks. And they were two teammates um, with Zion. So now that they have two of them, they have a third one. People don't also remember that they weren't like an awesome fit roster-wise in college, and I don't know why they would be in the NBA, but it's a little bit different. Should we talk about the parameters of the trade, what it was exactly sent in and sent out? I've got it pulled up here. The Hawks are sending Cam Reddish to New York for a 2022 top 18 protected pick via Charlotte. That's right. Charlotte doesn't have their first round pick this year. And Kevin Knox, the Hawks are including Solomon Hill, who actually played some playoff minutes for the Hawks last year as a usable player, but is out for the season with a torn hamstring. He was just making the money work and a second round pick to the, to the the Knicks as well. Uh, It's the Nets 2025, if you care. We're going to talk about whether that's fair or not and everything else, but first let's dive into Cam's fit with the Knicks. Let's do that before we do anything else. Does Cam fit with the Knicks? Dre, I want to hear your thoughts first. What do you think?
1: So when this trade initially went down, well, even even still, even though now it's been like almost a week now. I'm still trying to figure things out with this trade. Honestly, I'm not saying that Cam Reddish is not going to fit in New York.
0: Right.
1: Because when you look at Cam Reddish's season, even though he has been very limited he's averaging career highs across the board with points of uh, three point percentage, um, shooting uh, regular shooting percentage. So cam in a small package is showing you what he's pos- what he's possibly capable of. And even he said in an interview that he believes that he could be a star. So he's traded to New York, as you mentioned earlier, his uh, former Duke teammate, RJ Barrett is alongside him. Now RJ, fantastic talent, pretty decent playmaker,
0: Playing well recently too, really yeah, well definitely, recently
1: definitely, definitely that. Um and Cam being uh off the ball to, or Cam can technically play off the ball, even though he, he can also play with the ball in his hands. So from that perspective, I think that he'll be able to fit. I think honestly, when he's healthy, you can possibly start him and push Alec Burks to the bench or whoever is at the two guard. But I think that's I think that's the thing with it though, when it comes to Cam Reddish is his availability. Because right. over the course of his career, even though he has given us great production, he also hasn't done it a lot, which is a big problem. And I even mentioned this last night as I um as I did the Count the Bucket podcast. Make sure to check that out. Um, I mentioned how, how young prospects do go to New York, you know, and the pressure is there. And when they're not able to deliver, when they're not able to produce at the level at the level that they're supposed to. And up going bad for them. Like you can name, for instance, Frank Ntilikina, who is now in Dallas. Frank Ntilikina, even though Frank is a really good player, but he, Frank in his first few, few years, days. yeah, in his in his first few years, he definitely didn't produce at the level that he was supposed to. Right. And Nick and Nick fans definitely hated that. Um, even Dennis Smith Jr. for for a small time frame when he was there, when he dealt with injuries, um, and even Kevin Knox, who is now out. When Kevin Oz first came in, he had a lot of talk, and then he just unfortunately was never able to level to the hype. So that is my concerns with Cam Rush because, like I said, he is injury prone. I'm not saying that Cam Rush can't fit with this team because I definitely feel like he's a better player than Alec Burst. He's a better player than you know, than a a lot of those um a lot of those wing players on the Knicks
0: He can be. The idea is he can be and he he will be if he develops. Not right now. Yeah. I don't think he's better than like if I'm in the playoffs, I'm probably starting Alec Burks over Cam Reddish, okay. but the point. Yes, the, the make that you make this trade because he is he's supposed to be better. He should be better. And if you're a believer in Cam, he will be better. Um. Yeah, it's interesting about the fit with New York, and it's a great point. If you guys want some pretty detailed rundown of this, The Athletic does something that I really like. Um, When you have reporters for each team or almost each team in your repertoire, you can do uh, articles like this where they do... Uh, between the Hawks writer and the Knicks writer, their thoughts on the Cam Reddish trade. It's with Fred Katz and Chris Kirshner. Check it out if you have a subscription or if you have a friend subscription. I don't give a shit who you who's a subscription you're using. It's a good article, and I'll reference it a couple of times in this pod. One of the things that they listed, just like availability, he's played in 66% of the games available since he's gotten into the NBA. It's not great. It's really not great, and it hasn't been – terrible injuries but they take their toll and it's keeping him from developing it's not like the knicks are super healthy themselves kemba mitch nerlins obi all of them deal with their injuries julius has been in and out of the uh, the the lineup so derrick rose has been out for a hot second they they they're taking their hits too they can't really afford that many more injuries but it's not much so let me let me give me the quick thoughts on the fit i think the fit's there like you said they're terrible on offense. They don't have much of a system. They don't have much shooting. They don't have much passing. They make it through because they're tough and they do what they do well enough. And they do have some star power in RJ and Julius who turn it up every once in a while. He's the type of player that you take a chance on because he can fix those things. The shooting is there. He's shooting about 50-40 right now. For, or Yeah, it's like 38% from three. Pretty solid from there. 90 from the free throw line. He takes bad shots. We've all seen that. But the shooting is better than a lot of the guys out there. And it certainly had more potential to be an offensive player than Kevin Knox. So I can see that fit too. And his wingspan is pretty massive. He's got great size. It's part of what got him drafted in the top 10 at number 10 in the 2019 draft. You know, benching him is a great move to free agents that you try and price in the future. So I don't know if you can bench him. I don't know if you bench Alec Burks. He plays defense and hits threes. Is one of the best players on the team to do it. You really can't bench him for that. In terms of guys that need the ball in their hands, once they're healthy, Kemba, Quickly, and Rose are all going to need the ball in their hands. So maybe another move is on the way, and I wouldn't be surprised. The Knicks have made their moves uh, before the deadline. Before last year, they made the Derrick Rose trade within like a month of the season. And I think it allows for them to have some time until the deadline to iron some other things out. I think that's it for Reddish's fit on the Knicks. What do we think about this for Atlanta side? And I have some thoughts, but they get the pick back. They get Kevin Knox back. Let's spend like 45 seconds. Do you care about Kevin Knox in Atlanta?
1: Not really, honestly. Um, I kind of hate it for Kevin. I don't want to believe it, but... I don't know if he really has any true value anymore. And I mean, which is which sucks because I mean he's still very young. So, you know, it's not like you know he's an aging player, but he ha- he hasn't really been that great um or he wasn't that great with New York. Now he's in Atlanta, which I don't I don't believe is gonna get any rotation time. I don't know if you believe that as well. Nope. But I don't know. It's just it's just tough to really see how he's gonna fit with another team because, like, I'm not sure exactly what he brings or what he really excels at to me.
0: He has had high-ish shooting splits, but he can't stay on the floor and he looks lost on defense. I don't think he gets minutes in Atlanta. I do think it speeds up Kevin Knox being a free agent, though. I think he's going to get waived by the Hawks at some point, not this season, but maybe next, because at that point, he'll sign with someone that wants to see what he's about and maybe he'll get minutes then it's happened before it doesn't happen often but maybe he's like a marquise chris kind of guy you know he was a higher draft pick didn't really end up anything but he consistently gets contracts and he's like not the worst third big you could have that's a job in the nba that's more than a lot of people do and i'm rooting for kevin knox to do something like that i am too beyond that a lot of people are saying it's a move to the next move for Atlanta. And I get that. I can see that building you know, grabbing another first rounder, albeit a top 18 protected Charlotte Hornets pick, it's not super valuable. My question though is if you're going to make a bigger move for the guys that they've been rumored are Ben Simmons, Pascal Siakam, but that was in the summer. I don't know if he's even on the table anymore. I I, I'm, I was under the impression that he was, but he's been playing well, so maybe not. But Ben Simmons, Jeremy Grant, these defensive fours that they've assumedly replaced John Collins with because he would like a trade as well as Cam Reddish. My question is, if you were gearing up to one of those move, one of those trades, wouldn't you prefer, if you were the other team, in a trade with multiple pieces. Why don't you prefer Cam Reddish over a protected first-round pick? Isn't that more valuable to see if Cam Reddish is anything instead? Do do you agree with that or not?
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with it. Wait, are we we speaking from the Knicks' perspective or Atlanta?
0: I just mean if you're another team, like everyone's saying that Atlanta's going to make another trade after this, like a bigger trade for Mm -hmm. a big forward or another player, and they're going to package stuff for it instead of the next to first to throw in that package, I would think that Reddish would be more uh, valuable in that package in, in terms of a big trade, you know, like Collins and exactly. a pick, and Reddish to me is more valuable than Collins and two picks. I think so, but maybe not, you know.
1: Well, um, now, honestly it makes sense to me because both of them, like you said, have, have a lot of value. John Collins still very young, has a lot of value. Cam yeah. in his third year still has a lot of value. So if you're able to put that package together, like let's say, for instance, like you send these guys to what What team can we name? Um, we
0: can do Philly for Ben Simmons.
1: Yeah, Philly for Ben Simmons or I don't know why. I don't
0: to take it, but it's someone there, you know, maybe maybe Detroit takes that for Jeremy Grant. Maybe Collins is a guy that they're into. I wouldn't but, discount them liking Collins.
1: That makes sense as well. Um, God, I'm trying to think of a team that, that could really use Collins.
0: I mean, maybe Charlotte wants to get in there, but you don't have to send out picks for that, you know? I mean, I don't think they're trading Collins for pieces and picks. If they're trading Collins, it's probably for someone that they perceive to be better than Collins.
1: Definitely makes sense.
0: Like maybe Christian Wood. But yeah. I don't think Wood is necessarily better than Collins. I would probably wager that he's not, but maybe they believe that. I don't know. Maybe Miles Turner is someone that they're looking at, even though they have Clint Capellos, so maybe Sabonis instead. I'm just talking yeah, about thinking like fast. maybe,
1: maybe Sabonis, like maybe you could send that package to Indiana.
0: If you want to punt on defense, you know, maybe if their coach was was mm-hmm. was uh, D'Antoni instead of McMillan, you know, if they want to punt on defense, double up on offense. I'd say fucking go for it, man. That would be I mean, Sabonis would be a great addition passing wise to that offense.
1: But hey, I mean, at the end of the day, it's kind of like, you know, if you're in Atlanta, you know, I don't I'm not gonna say they necessarily are like desperate for another four man um, to fill in John Collins slot because. The guy that the guy that we're very high on, um, Kongwu, yeah, very impressive for them, especially yeah. being um that four and that five slot. And then of course you still got a guy like Clint Capella. So,
0: yeah, I think Goniaka is more of the heir apparent to Clint Capella's throne. Like Capella's not old, but at some point he's going to need another contract, and the Hawks don't really aren't probably going to pay him twenty plus million to stick around. I think Gonyaka right. is. It's not Bam Adebayo in the sense that he's a first-team all defense guy. He's Bam Adebayo in the sense that he's an athletic, short but not like super short for the big man position and can switch, you know, is pretty mobile. I think yeah. that's more so the direction of this Atlanta team, and it's more deadly in the future if they have a guy like that, like a Rashawn Holmes type of guy who's more athletic and can run the floor, hopefully stay healthy. But, you know, both of us on Akai's tweet today, the Onyeka is probably the best center on the roster. And I, you know that I've been on the Okongwu um, bandwagon for a second now. I talk about him all the fucking time. So I don't disagree, man. But I I think he's going to play more of the five. I don't even see if there's a, a fit with Capella unless you're going, like, three shooters in those two, in which case they still clog up the paint.
1: Yeah, that is definitely true.
0: Let's do some winners and losers. Okay. Um, cam Reddish, so is he a winner or a loser in this trade? to you?
1: I think he's a winner. I think he's right. a winner. Um, even, even though I do have my concerns, like cam has shown a lot of, um, or cam has shown to produce at a very high level when he's available to. So
0: yeah,
1: if you can make that fit alongside guys like RJ, Julius Randall, um, Emma Walker and the rest of those guys, I think it'll be just fine.
0: I agree. I think Cam is a winner in this scenario. Everybody knew that he wanted out. Apparently, it was awkward. Reports said it was awkward in the locker room because everyone knew that he wanted out, and he got his wish, and it's on a team that might make the playoffs and that he can have a role on. The Knicks, who acquired him? Winners or losers in this trade?
1: Um, definitely definitely winners. Uh, when you can get a guy like Cam Reddish and all you have to do is uh, give away picks right. along. Like Kevin Knox, I feel like that's a win because in my opinion, even though the Knicks, even though the record wise, they may not seem that good, but I feel like, I feel like the time is now for the Knicks to really make things happen over these next few years. So adding a young guy, a young stud like Cam Reddish to be able to fit alongside this team could, could possibly work for them.
0: I agree. The Knicks are winners. They own all of their picks, including another pick in 2023. I believe it's a Mavericks pick. So trading a top-18 protected Charlotte pick this year does nothing to damage that, and you get Cam Reddish. I agree. Atlanta Hawks – actually, let's do Kevin Knox first. Kevin Knox, winner or loser in this trade?
1: I'm going to say he's a loser only because, like we mentioned earlier, I don't believe he's going to get any rotation time. And I know you mentioned it earlier as well that, you know, they might possibly wait for him possibly by the trade deadline or even before that, so –
0: Yes, I did see that sources said they have no plans on moving him right now, but they don't necessarily covet him. I wouldn't be surprised if they cut him in, like, the offseason. Atlanta Hawks, winners, losers. Dre?
1: Um, I think they're kind of in between, honestly, just because, I mean, even though you mentioned, you know, Cam wanted out, like, when the news first came out, it was kind of like – it was kind of head-scratching, like, you know, as far as, like, why would they do that, but the fact that they did – that they did get some first round picks um uh, does also does also help them as well
0: i am calling them losers and i am calling them losers for this reason i don't think they necessarily lost this trade even if cam turns out to be the startable player the best version of cam reddish needs the ball a lot and if collins yeah. is already frustrated with the amount of touches reddish was too it'll only end up being like a like an undersell on on, on cam but i'm talking about an earlier trade In the 2018 draft, I want to say, where the Hawks send their pick to the Dallas Mavericks for their number five pick and a future pick. That is the famous or infamous, depending on what fan base you are a part of, Luka Doncic trait. And the deal was always that the Hawks got Trey, who is, hey, he's fucking great, man. I don't think he's as good as Luka, but he's up there. You know, he's certainly closer to Luka than, like, Marvin Bagley is to any of them. You know what I mean? I think Trey is closer to Luka than DeAndre Ayton is, who went number one, or Jaron Jackson Jr. is, who's number four. So they still got like really good value, but it's not Luka. And that second pick that they got from the Mavs ended up being the number 10 pick in the 2019 draft, which they took Cam Reddish with. So they got Trey and Reddish for Luka. And for the Hawks to have Undoubtedly, win that trade. It was always predicated on Reddish becoming something. Because if you got Trey, who's a very good player, All MBA might be an MVP at some point in his career, and Reddish, who's something, then you might have won that trade because those two could combine to be better than Luca. But now you've given up on Reddish. Not given up, but you're not going to you know employ him any longer. And instead of Trey and Reddish, you now got Trey, a protected first, and Kevin Knox for Luka Doncic. That looks worse. And it looks worse when you look at the order of the draft. Number 10, the Hawks take Cam Reddish. And you would think that's pretty good value to get Cam at number 10. At 11, the Wolves dra- draft Cam Johnson at center of the Suns. Cam Johnson has been a very effective player on the Suns yep. and would have been unbelievable in the Hawks' system as a re- as a movement shooter and a floor spacer for that team. At number 12, the Hornets draft P.J. Washington, who's played small ball five all year for the Hornets and has been a great shooter as well, another mm-hmm. player that would have thrived in an theme- uh, Atlanta scheme. At number 13, the Heat draft Tyler Hero. Who is better than Cam Reddish? He just is right now. Maybe Cam's going to be better in the future, but as much as it might pain me to say it, Tyler Hero's going to be sixth man of the year this year. Maybe most improved too, dude. Like he's been great. Shooting splits are phenomenal. Would he you fit with um, Trey Young? Maybe not, but he's a super-powered version of Kevin Herter or Bogdan Bogdanovich, which they sort of fit with Trey, you know? It could have been like... Like a mini Lamella with Trey, you know? So I think it's a loss because Cam didn't turn into something. Now it's Kevin Knox, who is certainly not something. And the three guys that went immediately after you took Reddish would have been great in your scheme and probably would have made you look a lot better as as a team with that trade. So I'm calling the Hawks a loser in this trade for the overall ramifications. That's all I've got on this trade. I think that's all I wanted to cover. Do you oh, have any last thoughts on Cam? Yeah,
1: please go ahead. So this this honestly has nothing to do with Cam. I mean, but, so I'm kind, of, I'm kind of going a little bit off topic, but okay. We mentioned PJ Washington,
0: yeah,
1: in Charlotte, and how he's been able to run play a lot of the small ball five. You know, just being able just he's his their backup
0: team. center. He's mm-hmm. been up, like full
1: time. Right, just for him just to be able to stress the floor the way that he does, even though clearly Collins is the better player out of the two. Could you like would there could there ever be a chance that could happen like a trade having PJ with Atlanta and sending Collins to um to Charlotte?
0: Yeah, so I think Charlotte has been rumored to be interested. I don't think they've actually made calls or anything, but I've seen reports that they're interested in Collins, as they are in most big men, and as they should be because right. they don't have much size. So if they do value Collins like that, I could see a package. I mean, PJ would be in that package. It wouldn't be any discussion without PJ. They'd probably ask for Miles first, and they'd say no, which is what they should do. It's what both teams should do. You should ask for the better player, and the other team should say no. Just like, by the way, um, the Hawks uh, or the yeah, the Hawks reportedly asked for uh, Quentin Grimes, the number 27 pick in the draft for the Knicks, who's been hitting threes and playing good defense, and the Knicks said no for Cam Riders. so So um, just like that, they'd ask for Bridges first. They would say no. Then they'd say, P.J. Washington. They'd say, sure, and then you add a little bit more. Do you add May- uh, Mason Plumlee? Maybe if it makes the money work, I-, I believe you would have to add a little bit more cash in there with P.J. So I think P.J. and Mason might work. So you get two centers. Probably only going to use one because you have Clint Capella, or you can start PJ at the four, where I think he'd be effective. I don't think he can guard fast wings, though, so that's a bit of a concern. And then uh Charlotte doesn't have their pick this year, and I don't I think that disqualifies them from trading their pick next year. I'm sure Atlanta would like to get a pick in that in that trade on, but they did just get one, you know, for that. So I don't know. I don't think I think PJ. Like, I think if Charlotte made a trade for Atlanta, PJ would be one of the big parts of that trade. But I think if Atlanta trades Collins, they're they're going for bigger fish. So that's my thought on that. I think that's it for the Knicks, the Hawks, and the trade. Hoping for the best for Cam, and hoping there's a whole lot more trades. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through the standings. And talk about each team and what role they may play in the in the um, in the trade market. I have six teams here that I'm going to stop and talk about a little bit longer. Dre, if there's any teams that I mentioned that you'd like to stop and talk about, you have six teams that you're allowed to do that for. We'll talk about twelve at depth. The rest will be minuscule. We can do that. So let's start um, at the bottom of the Western Conference. Houston Rockets, real quick, we're not going to spend too much time. They will be on the trade market. Eric Gordon should be available to any and all contenders, and I'm sure they're going to ask for a first-round pick, and they should probably give up a first-round pick to get Eric Gordon. Beyond that, uh, DJ Augustine is a veteran. John Wall is probably not going to get traded. And the big one is Christian Wood. Dre, give me 30 seconds on Christian Wood, and let's move on to another team.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that he should be available. Um, It just seems like... Well, throughout the season, it just seems like the Rockets and Christian Woods haven't really been on the same page. Obviously, with Wood being—I want to say—he's around 25 years older, a little bit older. You know, I, I just believe that he needs to be in more of a winning culture. Which, honestly, he—he um, he was expected to, is considering you know when he went to Houston, right? John Wall, James Harden, those guys. You know, you—you you expected that team to be a playoff contender, but unfortunately, right. they're going to a new direction. So, unfortunately, I feel like it's time to move on from uh, Christian Wood for Houston.
0: Yes, uh, I agree. He will be. He might not be moved, but he is definitely on the market for the right price. OKC. Okay, I'm going to do like ten seconds on them. They don't really have a ton of veterans that people would like. I'm hearing a little bit of whispers of guys on their team. Like they might not want to pay Lou Dort, so maybe they'll trade Lou Dort. Derek Favors is a big man. Teams could use a big man. I think he's more of a buyout candidate than anything else. That's pretty much all about OKC. Moving up is New Orleans. New Orleans is dog shit. I don't think they have any veterans that people care about. I would take, I would I would inquire about Josh Hart if I was a contender and I wanted a three and D wing guy, but I don't think there's anyone else on New Orleans. Anything on New Orleans? Can we move on?
1: Um I can't really think of nothing of me about it. That was honestly pretty harsh, though. New Orleans is dog shit.
0: Yeah, <laughs> dog shit. I don't want to talk about New Orleans. San Antonio Spurs are going to be involved. I don't know to what extent, but Thaddeus Young is going to be traded or bought out at some moment. I'd be really surprised if they bought him out. He was so good last year. I thought you could get like at least a pick for him, but they're not using him. If you can't right. showcase him, you're not going to get value. It's so strange to me what's happening there. Dejounte Murray has been rumored. He's been great for them. He's arguably been their best player, so I don't think they would move him unless it's like a Ben Simmons-type level move, which I don't think is really going to happen. Doesn't matter. Beyond that, I don't think the Spurs have much. they got some young guys, but I don't think he really cares. Let's move on. Sacramento, this is one of my teams, so I'm going to take a breath. Whew. We're going to pause here and talk about them for a minute or two instead of just 30 seconds. I never know what the Kings are doing. Because I like to think of myself as a somewhat rational person in the scope of sports. Not when I'm watching a game. I'm <laughs> My live tweeting is always so fucking harsh because I'm reacting to everything like it's the absolute last thing that could possibly happen. But during this, I think I can be somewhat rational. And the Kings have been nothing but irrational since I have been watching the NBA. It's just depressing. That's the only word I can think of. It is just sad to probably be a Kings fan. Thank God that I'm not. But so much of their rumor has, has been rumored. I was under the impression that Rashawn Holmes was signed under his bird rights and could not be traded this season because March is the expiration date for the bird rights but I've been seeing some somewhat official NBA accounts tweet that like he is now eligible for a trade this date. So maybe he can be traded. I'm sure people will call about him. If he is Marvin Bagley is going to be available because he's been available for two straight seasons. just nobody fucking wants Marvin Bagley. Harrison Barnes is a great three and D wing that can contribute to any team, especially a championship contending team. And he also makes so much money. So who knows if he's going to be involved in a deal, Buddy healed has been on the trade market as long as Marvin Bagley has, he makes 20 million dollars and he was basically traded to the Lakers in the summer before they traded for Russell Westbrook instead. And apparently Darren Fox and, or Tyler Halliburton, Tyrese Halliburton are it's Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are on, the, are on the block, not on the block that they're selling, them but they might be available. Why? Like, I understand. Here's what I'm going to say real quick. I, I know I've told you this before, but Tyrese Halliburton looks to be this all-around magnificent player, great finisher, shooter, defender, pass the ball. I don't know if he's necessarily going to be a superstar by any means, but he looks like an all-star level player in year two of his early career. If you want to trade Darren Fox, who's on a recently minted, not – this year, but recently minted extension, pricey and earned, who averages 20 points a game, your best draft pick in since since Boogie Cousins, and big shout out Boogie, by the way. I miss you. Get like the haul. Like if you get the haul for De'Aaron Fox and you use that to build around Halliburton and something else on the roster, I understand that it's actually one of the more rational things that the Kings could do but if you package both of them for Ben Simmons and like some of these rumors that I'm seeing it's the dumbest move you could fucking make possibly. I'm going to really get into a mood if we continue on the Kings. So give me your thoughts on the Kings who's going to be available, all that stuff real quick.
1: Um basically the names that you mentioned you know Sacramento's been in this weird position honestly. Just because they do have some tradable assets, but I don't know if people will try to ship those contracts out. Like for example, you mentioned Harrison Barnes. Um, even even like even like a season ago, the Lakers were trying to get Buddy Hill, but that was over the cap space. So even though these guys are tradable assets, you know, can you really make trades for them? So obviously, Buddy Hill has a lot of value. Harrison Barnes has a lot of value. Guys like Rashawn Holmes has value. Marvin Bagley, I would, I'm honestly. You know, I'm I'm honestly still rooting for him, even though he hasn't That's really him. been the best. So maybe maybe being in in, in another location will probably do wonders for him. I'm not sure, but honestly, the Kings the Kings just need to do whatever is necessary to get themselves back in the playoffs. Honestly, it's been over at least almost two decades now since they've even seen a playoff game. So, yeah, you know, fourteen years. Yeah, doing drafting, doing. You know, you know, just just getting young guys is cool. But at the end of the day, you know, I I think I think they really need to try to build a team around guys like De'Aaron Fox and others.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't know what they're going to do, but I'm sure it's going to be the wrong thing at the deadline. But one thing is for sure they are going to be active. And may end up making several deals on the day or the days leading up to the NBA trade deadline on February 10th. That was the first five teams in the West, bottom five. Let's go to the bottom five of the East before we keep crawling up the standings. Orlando, they're going to be somewhat involved in the sense that people might call about their older guys. Um. Gary Harris and Mo Bamba are apparently, this was I believe it was an athletic article. I can't be certain, so I can't credit anyone, which means he'll just have to credit me. What a shame that Robin, no, not Robin, Gary Harris and Mo Bamba are each available for a first round pick and that rival GMs don't think that they're going to get a first pick for those guys. Beyond that, Terrence Ross should be available. He's a great three and d wing that a contender could use. And Robin Lopez is a veteran big who plays somewhat well, old fashioned defense and he has a hook shot that doesn't miss. People are going to be calling the the magic. I don't have them on my list. Is that a team you want to talk about more or do you want to move on?
1: We can move on, honestly.
0: All right, let's do Detroit. Detroit's going to be very active. They're not on my list. They might be on yours, but give them a quick rundown. Jeremy Grant might be available, man. Not even just might be. I think he is available, and there's a very real chance that he gets traded at the deadline. Um, fuck it, Dre. You want to make this one of your teams a second?
1: Yeah, I mean, let's do it. Um, Jeremy, you know, Grant, I hop, hop in. I mean, the the Pistons are obviously going in another direction. You know, rebuilding. I think Kate is the guy that they are looking to both the approach.
0: guy. He's the guy, bro.
1: Definitely, definitely the guy, and jeremy i understood you know his reasoning to get out of denver you know so he could continue to elevate himself mm-hmm. as an overall all-star caliber out caliber player and to some degree even a season ago i i felt like he was in contention for most improved player i
0: agree
1: to some degree so the way that he plays you know being able to be a um a pretty good offensive player but all, but also just you know being an elite defensive player i feel like there's Plenty of championship teams that could possibly use them. I know we mentioned Atlanta. Um I know
0: Chicago.
1: Yeah, Chicago, we definitely mentioned them. Um
0: Utah, Minnesota.
1: Honestly, before the Cam trade, New York possibly could have used them.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. I some rumors, yeah.
1: So, Jeremy Grant brings a lot to the table and I feel like during the trade deadline, I don't know, I don't know how how serious De- uh, Detroit is on really moving him, but if they really are, like teams need to really go ahead and, uh, and pick up the phone.
0: Yeah, Detroit's going to be active, especially with the Jeremy Grant stuff. But there's also other things in play. Don't think that Detroit's just a seller. They just had that deal that they made go get voided. They traded a second-round pick for Bull Bull, and uh, this was Rodney Magruder. Underrated part of this trade was that Denver was bringing a guy that can play on the perimeter, play a little bit of defense, and shoot threes because they've had so many types of those guys go down with injury in the past week. So Rodney Magruder was going to play minutes for them. But the Pistons um, got Bull Bull. They took his physical, and they failed his physical. And with his injury history, I'm not surprised. So the deal was voided. Rodney Magruder had already uh, practiced a couple of times with the Nuggets before this was voided. So he's back in Detroit now. But the point is that Troy Weaver is going to stay aggressive. There's a deal for someone that he wants to check out. He's going to have it. That's what he did over the summer with Hamidou Diallo. And look at him. Diallo is playing his ass off. It cost him like a second round pick just to check out what he's all about. And it's turned out to be a really good move. Beyond that, though. They do have some veterans that they could move out there. Corey Joseph is a fine backup point guard. Kelly Olynyk, who has struggled with injury this year, hasn't played a ton. But Kelly Olynyk was super good last year uh, after the trade to the Rockets, and is making like 17 million a year. That's a super tradable contract. I honestly would be taking a look at him before you take. Like, if you're in the the talks for a Christian Wood or someone, and they're like, and you're like probably going to have to give up multiple picks. Why not just trade a pick for Kelly Olynyk? ride with him for a couple of years and make a decision on your center at the other time, because he was phenomenal last year. I don't think he's a star level guy like wood or something, but he's great. And if you can get him, I think he'd be worth your while. Anything else on the Pistons as we did selected as one of your teams before you move on.
1: I definitely think it's best to trade Jeremy Grant, especially during the trade deadline. I definitely think that is the move. Um, Try to get some young talent that surrounds Kate that could help him for the future. And just try to make it a win-win for um, for both sides.
0: Yes, and Troy's been pretty good with that. Let's move on to the Pacers, who are one of the teams that I selected to talk a little bit more about. Pacers might blow it up, man. They're going to be involved. I wouldn't be surprised if they do nothing at this deadline and and they just run it back because they've always been a little bit chicken like that. You know, They've never really gone for it. But if they do... They're going to be very involved. Picture Orlando last season. They might send Turner to one team, Sabonis to another, Karis Levert to another. They might send out TJ Warren. They might send out Chris Duarte. They might send out Justin Holiday, who's great and unvaccinated. McConnell. <laughs> Justin Holiday just hit like eight threes the other day. They've got a ton of these guys that they could send out, and a lot of these guys that – yeah, TJ McConnell, if he's healthy – if, if a contender comes calling, they'll be ready to send them out if they want. The only guy that really can't be sent out is Malcolm Progdon, who signed an extension, and he is for sure like double-checked. He cannot be traded until the offseason, in which case he might get traded in the offseason. They're going to be active. I'm really curious to see what they do because if they blow it up, they might have serious ramifications on the title this year depending on who they send those players out to. It's really, really interesting. Anything on the Pacers? What do you want? To, do you think they're gonna blow it up, or do you think they're gonna back out on that?
1: I think they'll back out, honestly, because obviously, over a month ago, they mentioned that you know they were just ready to move on from the situation, but yet we've heard nothing whatsoever since. And honestly, since like since since that announcement of the Pacers looking to uh, make things happen, like players like Demonte Sabonis and other guys that really started really to pick up their play. So I don't know if that is like a little bit of motivation to like really um, increase your value or basically just just kind of show them that the paces are for real. But I don't know. It's just it's just to me, um, I kind of agree with you on um, the pace is just my chicken out of this. I don't know if they'll make anything. I mean, if they do, they might make something small happen. I'm not I'm, I don't believe that they'll trade all these guys out at once. Like like Sabonis, um, Miles Turner um, and, few, and, a, and the other guys, but. They might just make a small trade happen. I'm not sure what it what it'll be. Maybe it'll be a Malcolm Brogdon trade. I'm not sure, but or not. Sorry, not not Malcolm Brogdon. Um, the vert po- Apologize.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, we'll see. I hope they do. It would be exciting and a, a good move for them. We haven't seen a ton of those from them in in the recent times. So hopefully. We'll skip the Hawks. We'll skip the Knicks because we talked about them earlier. So let's go back to the Western Conference where we've got the Blazers, a team that I do want to talk about. I've got them listed as one of mine. Lillard's out. He got surgery. And in six to eight weeks, they're going to reevaluate him. But I tweeted this. I think, I think it's a sneak tank. And I, I might just be hoping that it's a sneak tank because I would like it to be. It's the only way they can do it if you're unfamiliar mainly because it's a term that i i didn't make up but it's not like common usage in the nba this is something that the the spurs did to get tim duncan david robinson went out with an injury and probably could have you know come back at the end of the season they would have won five ten more games Instead, they got the worst record in the league by sitting him the whole year, and they got the first pick in the draft, and they got Timmy Duncan. Hence, a dynasty is born. More recently, remember when Curry broke his hand, and he was supposed to be out like a few months, and he ended up spending like a few more months out with that hand injury. They took him out a little longer. He did come back at the end of the season, but um, to to try and uh, uh, to try and do stuff, but right they ended up with the number three pick in the draft it didn't go as well or number two the number two pick in the draft it didn't necessarily go the way they wanted but they tried to do that they got the type of pick they wanted i think that's what portland should do this year and yeah it's the wrong draft to do it last year would have been the perfect draft to do it but definitely regardless <laughs> this could be a great year to just sit dame for the year you're already like you're 10th in the west right now you're 17 and 25. You're closer to 13th than you are in 9th. You may as well just listen. Sit Dame for the season. Shut him down medically. CJ, play him. He just came back from a from a collapsed lung, by the way. Big shout out to him for you know how all that toughness he's showing. Play him for like a like 10 games, get his value up, send him out. Get picks in a young guy or someone that can help back. Do the same with Yusuf Nurkic. Do the same with Robert Covington. Then you can you can enter the summer with not just a lottery draft pick, which they do own, by the way, not just a lottery draft pick, but hopefully a high one, like a top five pick that they can either trade or invest in the future. Their own picks and assumedly cap space if they send those guys out for picks and or cheaper players. And then you can build the team around Dame again, like reinvent yourself like Washington did with all their trades this year. It hasn't fully worked out yet, but they have definitely – they look refreshed, and that's something that Portland needs more than anything else. What do you think about that?
1: Besides the fact that it's time for Dame to go, uh, yeah. I agree 100%. I don't know if Portland is going to make anything happen th- um, during this trade deadline, if anything. Yeah. Um, Anthony Simon, Anthony Simons has played exceptional over the past like maybe month or so.
0: Yeah, another sh- shooting scorer guy that that doesn't really fit on the roster, but he does that. Right.
1: Yeah, um, you can trade a young guy like Nasir Little, maybe.
0: Yeah,
1: I'll get something back for him. But I don't know. It's like I don't I don't know. If Portland really has enough though, like to really make any trades happen. I don't know. It's, it's right, it's, it's-
0: right. I think they can trade their guys to playoff teams for picks. I think they can do that for sure. I think you can do that with CJ. And I think you can do that with Covington. Nurkic, maybe you're a little optimistic on that, but I think people value him on something. Like maybe Boston would give up something for, for Nurkic. He had like a beast in the paint there for once. Um, I think you could do those and then get that. And then the point then would be that you would have picks from those trades and, a high lottery pick that you could use like people ask with the warriors hey you should trade those picks but instead they invested in they're building a roster around it and they would have salary cap uh, or salary space like when uh houston maneuvered and they were able to sign christian wood out of nowhere you can make some moves like that and possibly make something happen i just think like you said it's probably time for dame to go but If you're keeping Dame, in my opinion, this is the best and only way to significantly improve the roster, or at least have a chance to significantly improve the roster. Let's move on from the Blazers to the Timberwolves. I don't have them written down. If you want to talk about them longer, we can. I'll give you a quick rundown. They're not selling. They've been selling in years past, but they're not selling. They're probably going to look to bring in somebody, and they've been looking at Ben Simmons. They've apparently, reportedly, tried to trade everything but Ant-Man and Cat, and they just said, no, no fucking chance. So it looks like they're not going it, but they might go after Jeremy Grant. They might go after John Collins, stuff like that. Dre, do you want to talk about the, uh, the Timberwolves longer? Or do you want to move on?
1: Uh, let's go ahead and move on. I don't really have much to say about them.
0: Yeah, it doesn't matter. The Clippers, I don't think the Clippers are going to do much. If any additions that they have at the trade deadline, it's going to be PG and Kawhi and or whichever one comes back. But we can talk about the Lakers a little bit longer. All right, we can stop at the Lakers. The Lakers are going to be active. We don't know how active because we don't know what they can do. But they did try to get in on the Cam Reddish deal, by the way. Uh, The reports were that they offered two second rounders for Cam Reddish and the Knicks turned them down. Two second rounders can get you something, though. It's not nothing. The Bucks do that every year. John Horst just packaged second rounders for, for guys. So they're going to try, but they're also trading guys to have roster spots open. They traded Rondo to the Cavs for nothing, the second round pick. And they'll, they're looking to trade DeAndre Jordan to somebody for nothing so they can keep that roster spot and save some money. Also get a trade exception, by the way. I don't think they can do much, but how do you feel like – obviously they're going to try and buy. What do you think the Lakers can do with the deadline, trade?
1: They got to do something. They definitely got to do something. Um, I, think the first, I think the first thing that they should do is find something for DeAndre Jordan because, honestly yeah. – DeAndre Jordan, you know, I love him. Great, great athlete in his earlier days. But at this point, you know, he really has no value. He stinks on defense. And it's it's just time to move forward from that, honestly. Um, another thing is, in my opinion, Malik Malk should stay, considering, you know, how well he has been playing. Um, I was believing that the Lakers should trade Ariza as well, but Ariza hasn't really given them a lot. Right. time but in the small time he has played pretty decent defensively to a degree um Ken Baysmore can go as well I think Ken Baysmore can go a few other guys as well that are not coming Basically to
0: everyone head. right just basically yeah,
1: everyone besides ad LeBron Westbrook Malik Monk. Mm-hmm. thT might
0: finally get traded we might see and oh, yeah. and, and don't don't get it twisted folks it's not that they're not looking to trade Russ. If there's a deal for Russ, they're doing any deal they can for Russell Westbrook. They just will not have any options to trade Russ at the deadline.
1: Oh yeah, without question. And I mean, in my opinion, I don't think Russ I don't think Russ gets traded by the deadline. If anything, I just don't see him being on the Lakers after this season. So in the offseason, we will possibly hear something about Westbrook going elsewhere. Yeah, I I think know, it dump him.
0: I don't know if they have the what it takes to dump him. He still has one more year on his contract after this, and I don't think they have what it takes. Like they just don't have first. Every team that's traded him in the past couple times has had to attach a pick because of his contract. So, well, we'll see. We'll see. I guess. Um, let's move on from the Lakers. Go back to the Eastern Conference. We'll skip. Uh, well, no, we we'll go to Boston. I actually have Boston listed here because I think they're going to make a move. Brad is not Danny Ainge. I don't think we're going to get a bunch of almost reports. I think Boston will make a move this time, and it might be big ones. We'll see. They're on the market for one of two things. They've got wings covered, all right? Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Josh Richardson. they got a bunch of wings. They know how to do it. What they need is a center, like a real-ass center, which they should have in Robert Williams. He's just not always available. And a point guard, which they do not have in Dennis Schroeder. They just do not. Dennis Schroeder, by the way, almost fucking murdered Matisse Thybulle the other night when he gave him a little push when he went to the basket. Let's just make something clear. You do that shit, you should be suspended for like four games. Fuck you. Don't touch a guy in the fucking air. That's how you snuff out careers. Don't do that shit. You were better than that shit. I don't want to see that shit again. Oh <sighs> man! I mean, he landed on his back. God forbid if there was a fucking spinal injury or something. Don't do that shit.
1: Are you, are you talking about the matchup again? Supposedly against Boston.
0: Yeah, where Matisse goes for the breakaway, dunk oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 little push, oh, yeah. just dangerous terrible. as fuck. Just don't that do was, that
1: shit. That was definitely terrible.
0: All right. Anyways, they're gonna need a point guard. There's rumors about Darren Fox, there's rumors about a lot of stuff. It's real interesting. What do you think about Boston? Where do you think they're moving?
1: I don't know, but they need a playmaker to be honest. I think yep. and that was and that was why I was big on the Halliburton, the Boston trade, just because yeah, I yeah, felt I like with his past first instincts, even though even like honestly, even though Halliburton has improved tremendously as a scorer, especially coming out of college.
0: Yeah.
1: Like Obviously, he's more of a traditional guy who loves to get others involved. We see it in Sacramento. I felt like, you know, Halliburton ha- playing alongside guys like Tatum and Brown, that should be able to fit because if you look at the trajectory of both their careers, they never truly play with a true playmaker. Right. So, so just imagine how things would be if they did have, like, another playmaker. And then, obviously, they need better defenders as well on the team. So mm-hmm. Boston's just in that position where they have potential, but they're just not there yet.
0: Yeah, I agree, and it's true. Now, they've played with great point guards before, Terry Rozier and Kyrie Irving, to name a couple, and Isaiah Thomas. But if you'll notice with all three of those guys, they're more scorers and great scorers at that. And Kemba, all great scorers. I don't know why they always pair them with these score-first guards, but all great scorers in their own right, but not known for that secondary passing. They could do it and, you know, in in most cases are good at it, but they're not floor generals They've resisted trading multiple picks out for guys before. Drew Holiday was one of them. Kawhi was one of them. Um, these types of guys that they have just not traded multiple picks for. Halliburton is one of those guys that you. I mean, he's the, in his second year on his rookie contract, and he's great. You should be. You should trade multiple first for him. You should have to to get him. And if you have the opportunity, you should. And they'll probably make you take. No, they'll take Marcus Smart back in return because they'd like to start him with Darren Fox if they keep Fox. And probably two picks. I think that could do it. Two picks and Tyrese. Let's move on from Boston to Washington, who I also think is going to be active on some level. They traded a bunch of stuff this season and they've got like a basically all new starting five besides Bradley Beal. Everyone else is a newcomer. Dinwiddie hasn't been as advertised. Maybe they can get off that contract. They've been trying to get off Davis Burton's contract forever. Uh, Thomas Bryan is coming back. They could use to get off his contract. And there's always that potentiality that Bradley Beal gets traded. I don't think it's going to happen at the deadline and there's certainly no rumors of it happening, but there's always... That potential. What do you think about the Wizards at the deadline,
1: Trey? I think they. I think they should make something happen. Um, I know we mentioned before, um, you know, about possibly trading a guy like Tres. Um, I could definitely possibly see that happen at the deadline. Um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, Bertans, like you mentioned, like they want to get out of that contract, and Bertans is just very inconsistent to me. and In my opinion, now that they have Corey Kispert, now I feel like you know you don't really need Bertans anyway
0: nobody needs so, Bertons, man he definitely him loss.
1: but honestly the wizard the wizard started out pretty hot they started the season pretty hot um they kind of hit it like a little low point at this point but they're, they're still in contention so yeah anything that comes about that's pretty good I, th- I think they should make that deal
0: let's go to toronto i don't think they're going to be active whatsoever i think that they're always on the lookout for a big star that they could land as i alluded to in our christmas wish episode but I really don't think they're going to be active so we can move on from them. Charlotte, we know they're active, and we know they're active on basically one front. They want a center. Mm -hmm. They can go after Rashawn Holmes, Miles Turner, Mo Bamba in Orlando even. They could go after John Collins in Atlanta, Christian Wood in Houston. They've basically been tied to every center that's been – rumor to be on the market. And assumedly PJ Washington and or Myce and Pumley would be part of the trade. Important to note that they do not have their pick next year. I don't know. I don't think I believe they cannot trade in this year's pick because of that, but they can potentially trade the twenty twenty three pick. So what do you think about that? Do you think they're going to make a move? I mean there's so many big men you'd think they'd choose one, right?
1: Out of all of those guys, I would hope that they can make a trade for Miles Turner. I just feel like he fits. Yeah. Significantly better alongside guys like LaMelo Ball, Miles Bridges, and the rest of those guys—Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier. Um, just, I mean, just his ability to play on both ends of the floor and really just be a stretch guy—a guy, a guy yeah. that can space the floor. Um, I love—I um, always forget which one it is. Mason Miles. I think it's Mason. It's Mason. Mason. Um, in Charlotte, but he's not—he's ne- not necessarily a stretch big, so.
0: No, yeah, he's with Miles not. Turner
1: just bringing that more that versatility to the um to the Hornets, I feel like I feel like that'd be the better move.
0: Yeah, Mason Plumlee, don't get it twisted, is like a top tier backup center. He's just not a starter. He's very good at passing for a big man, and he knows his limitations, and he can you know finish at the basket. But yeah, he's not a shooter, and he's a he's an average defender, above average even, but not much more than that. Had some really good seasons there in Detroit or Denver. Denver still hasn't had a high level backup center since since Mason Plumley. And they've been searching since then. They've got they've had McGee, they drafted Bull Bowl. They've really tried and they just haven't had someone. But yeah, they're going to be active. And listen, Atlanta saw what they had and, and Trey Young and they said, let's go get him a Clint Capella. They should take a look at what they have in LaMelo and go get him a Miles Turner. All right. Make it happen, Charlotte. And let's get let's get the ball rolling. I want to see that team succeed. Let's move back to the Western Conference now. Up to the contenders. Denver, I don't think they're gonna make a move. They're not trading Jamal or Michael or Nic- Nicola and I really don't think they can make a move to bring in anyone else. I don't really want to talk about them, so let's move on. With the Mavericks, they've been linked to John Collins and Miles Turner. What do you think about those rumors, and do you think there are other positions they should be targeting in the trade market?
1: I like those moves, honestly. Um, Particularly John Collins being that four-man. I guess practically that means that they'll go away from the Przingis situation, which I'm definitely happy about, but... The question is, will anybody want Porzingis in return? I think that's the biggest question. Is that the guy that they want? But, you know, besides those two, I can't really think of any other trade scenarios that could possibly work for Dallas that, that may have been rumored.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen anything else rumored. I think they could use upgrades in almost every position besides Luka at the roster. So if they can get somebody, they should get somebody. You know what I'm saying? So I think they'll be active. I don't know if they'll necessarily get anything because it's the Mavericks, and they've never really been able to land people, which kind of sucks, I guess. Utah, listen, Utah may make a move. They may make an upgrade, you know, uh, Jeremy Grant is a potential. I doubt Ben Simmons is a potential, but Jeremy Grant is a potential. And I personally think they'd be great, but I don't think they're going to. Utah screams don't mess with the chemistry team. Never make a deal at the deadline because, you know, you keep everything as neat as you can and then you can't lose, except then you do lose, all right? A lot of these teams just assume that if you keep the band together and you don't switch it up, Uh, you're you're not going to be rusty or you're not going to junk up in the playoffs. It's wrong. I saw the Bucs do that for year after year, okay? you If you can make a move to upgrade, you probably should, especially when you're playing in the second or longer road uh, round in the NBA playoffs, okay? I don't think they're going to make a move, though, so we can move on from them. Memphis, again, I don't think they're making a move. They've got a bunch of guys that they have to pay, and they might be concerned about that, but they'll wait until the summer. Do you think Memphis is trading anybody? I don't think so.
1: I don't think so either, honestly. Let's
0: move on. Last two teams in the West, and then we'll cover the contenders in the East, and we'll wrap this fucking episode. Golden State, I honestly thought at first they should make a trade for Miles Turner. They should make a trade for Sabonis or a big man that can do something for them. I don't think they need to make a move, and I don't think they will. I mean they just got clay back. They're not gonna mess with with stuff even more than that. And Wiseman is still coming back. And if they made a move, they'd probably have to trade Wiseman. They may as well see what they have in Wiseman before they do that. The team is playing great. All the new additions are playing great, and clay is being introduced. Things can't get much better in Golden State, and I don't think a trade would make things much better. What do you think about that, Dre?
1: So at first I was I was I was interested to see a Miles Turner James Wiseman trade, because I mean, even even though I'm even though I am rooting for Wiseman, I was thinking that would possibly make sense, considering that, you know, Miles Turner is still pretty young, you know, right. great defensive, um great defensive big man. And then, of course, you know, if with Indiana going into a full rebuild mode, that will give Wiseman opportunity to possibly grow. As a franchise player, which he could possibly still do in going to state, but I feel like he will probably have a higher. Percentage of doing that in Indiana, mm-hmm. but I definitely agree. um You know, once Wiseman comes back, because you know a lot of people consider Wiseman a bust. Um, I feel like you know with his, with his mobility, with his, uh, with his creativity, with his skill, I feel like he will be able to fit with this team, particularly on on the defensive end. So, once he comes back fully healthy, I hope that we can get the best out of him and see and see where that goes.
0: Let's go to Phoenix. I don't see them making a move at this deadline either. Um They added guys in the offseason, Landry Shammage, JaVale McGee, that are both playing really well. I don't necessarily see a hole on the roster. I'm of the mind that, like I said for Utah, if you can upgrade, you should probably upgrade in the Western Conference. So if you can make a move for Jeremy Grant or someone like that, then you probably should. Or Thaddeus Young, who's going to be very hot either. Do you think they should keep it or try and upgrade something for the playoffs, Trey?
1: I think I think Phoenix is fine right now. I think I think the mm-hmm. roster that they have, they're pretty they're pretty decent. They got they got great um contributors, they got great um supporting casts alongside guys like Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden and Chris Paul. So I think I think I think they'll be fine with, with um with running this team back. I definitely I definitely see this team having a um a good chance of making the finals again.
0: That covers the Western Conference. Let's move on to the East. Starting with the Cavaliers, I don't see them making much more moves. They just brought in Rajon Rondo, and that was entirely because of the loss of Ricky Rubio for the season. Still very upset about that, but they brought in Rondo. I think if they have a chance to bring in a wing guy, they will. Like, But I, I just don't think like the level of player is going to be – I keep saying like, by the way. I don't think the player – the caliber of player is going to be out there that the Cavaliers are looking for. So I don't think they're going to be more active. If a deal comes up where they can be the third team and they can absorb some salary for a draft pick or add a young player like they did with Jared Allen as a part of the Cleveland Cavaliers trade or the the Houston Rockets, James Harden trade, then I could see that. But I don't think they're going to be active themselves. Let's move on to Philly. We'll spend a couple minutes on Philly. I don't think. Okay, let's just not let's not do this. Ben Simmons is not being moved at the deadline. It's not nope. fucking happening at the deadline. There's no movement. Woj is saying there's no movement. Every reporter is saying there's no movement, and it's not going to happen out of nowhere. They're waiting until the end of the year. Fine. I personally think it's a mistake to waste a year of Joel Embiid's prime, but i will say mb doesn't seem too upset at management like it does seem that Embiid is on the same page as management so i guess go with it i still think you should be maximizing every year of Embiid's prime and not to undersell ben simmons but if you can get darren fox for ben simmons you should probably fucking do it daryl morey so if i see these reports that he's saying no to Darren Fox and the Ben Fucking
1: Simmons. Fucking idiot.
0: <laughs> like in the in the grand scheme of things, Ben Simmons is probably prototypically a better player than Darren Fox. The six five dude that can pass the ball and defend at an all defense level, but there are significant flaws with that player. And Darren Fox presents a solution, especially at the guard position. Now, to be fair, Tyrese Maxey has filled in very well, is hitting in the 90th percentile, tons of shit, I think points per drive, stuff like that, shooting the the hell out of the ball. So maybe you don't want a guard back, but Darren Fox is sick, man. I'd love to see him with Embiid, and he would be – he's one of the fastest players in the league, and that's one of the slowest teams in the league. they got slow-ass dudes on that team. You may as well bring a guy that's lightning quick to switch it up. I think if you can get Fox and picks for – Simmons, yeah, you absolutely do that, especially when you're wasting this year of Embiid because they're not going to win the title. Nope. I going to win the title. What's the fucking point? He's not going to win MVP this year. I'm sorry to say it, Philly fans. He's just not. He's like, I keep saying like, sorry. He's fifth, sixth in the MVP voting right now. He's not going to get much higher than that. Uh, it makes me sad. They might make another move, but I don't think so. Dre, any thoughts on Philly before we move on?
1: So I definitely agree that Darryl, Darryl Morey is looking like a dumbass right now, considering that – because honestly, Darren Fox is probably the best asset that they could possibly get as of right now for Ben Simmons. Yeah. If you think about it. And the fact that you're saying, no, we're good, that, that doesn't make sense to me, especially when you're looking to move, Ben. But I've, I've been saying this even from last season. You know, Philly Philly's going to be – Philly's going to be, you know – what's the word i'm looking for honestly um they're going to be stubborn like they're going to be stubborn they they're are, not going to want to give what um uh, what ben wants and the fact that it's january and we're still seeing Ben Simmons still Philadelphia 76 or i'm not surprised by it whatsoever but then again i am honestly a fan of seeing Tyrese Maxey being able to grow in that starting point guard yeah. position yeah. and it honestly makes me happy so it's kind of like you know they definitely need to make a trade for ben but when they do make that trade for Ben, will it possibly hurt his growth and his development as a, um, as, as a starting guard in the league? Hopefully not.
0: Right. And, you know, if that's the concern, you want to keep Maxi. try your hardest to get Jalen Brown then. Send Simmons out. If you have to attach picks to Simmons for Jalen Brown, you do it. I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care your evaluation of Simmons because if you believe in Maxi like that, like that, you know, and you add Jalen Brown to Maxi, Seth Curry, and I guess you have to keep Tobias in that situation with Embiid. That might win a title, you know. Jalen Brown is Jalen Brown's Jimmy Butler. esque we saw what Jimmy Butler was like in that system with Embiid. So I don't know. We'll see. That's true. We'll see. Let's move on from Philly. They they, they pissed me off. Milwaukee is going to be involved they always are at the deadline. John Horst is good at the deadline. He uh, they 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 released DeMarcus Cousins and the report is it was strategically to keep that roster spot open for the deadline. They're going to make a move. And we mentioned how there's a ton of big men on the market. There are a discount big men available on the market as well. Mobamba could be available for less than a first round pick. Robin Lopez is on the same team, could be available. He's familiar with the Bucks. Marvin Bagley in Sacramento is cheap and would be a flyer. You know, those types of guys are out there. And with Milwaukee dealing with this Brook Lopez injury, they're going to send him. But an underrated part of this is that they have to send out a wing. Wing death is a great thing in the NBA. You want to have as much as, as you can. But Dante DiVincenzo back has actually brought an imbalance to the roster uh, and the lineups where pat gets last minutes and pat is just a good player he's a better player than dante at this point i think dante and a second round pick which is what the bucks can offer can get them a big man in return i'm hoping it can get them mo bamba we'll talk about this more in depth when we get to actual trade stuff in the in the next couple of weeks but i think you can get that and he'd be my target but they're going to make a move at the deadline. They always do, and they'll probably make a move in the buyout market as they have done in years prior. Let's move on to Miami. Do you think Miami is going to make a move at the deadline?
1: I think they're fine, honestly. I can't really think of anything that they possibly need. The um, yeah. only thing that they really need is health. But besides that, I don't think they need to ship anybody out. Like Miami's pretty decent. You know, they had a good offseason acquiring guys like PJ Tucker, Kyle Lowry. So I think they're I know good. These they other
0: could- dudes like Max Strauss and Kyle Guy. Yeah, that are Kyle
1: that guy is almost like Tyler Hero two you oh.
0: Yeah, seven two. That dude's fucking yeah. killing it.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. So I don't think they, I agree. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them make a move on the buyout market though. They have Miami is a a, a likable destination and. There's a lot of likable guys on that roster. I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like Dad Young got bought out. He would choose there above other places or not. I really wouldn't be surprised. Going to Brooklyn, I'm sure they'd like to make a move if they could. I just don't think they can. Unless they're trading Joe Harris or Kyrie, Claxton. which they not. Or if they trade young guys, like you said, like Claxton or Bruce Brown. You know, I, I think if there's a deal out there, they'll make one, but I don't really see one. Oh, how about you?
1: Not one that really comes to mind for me, honestly.
0: Yeah, let's just go to the last team, then the Bulls, who if there's a team out here with a GM that is going to take a home run swing, it is Arturis, the GM of the Chicago Bulls, who has taken swing after swing, and that doesn't mean that he's getting strikes. He's hitting on these. Takes a swing on Vucevic and then Lonzo and then DeMar DeRozan. And then Alex Caruso, just these guys that are going to fit. And you'd think that with adding so many people, the chemistry is only starting to form, especially with all the injuries and health and safety protocols that they've dealt with this year. But if they have a deal that they can take another swing, yeah. I think Arturis is going to do it. And I think he'll make that move if it's there. Jeremy Grant, fuck it. Let's do it. You know, if he can get a guy like that, Thaddeus, well, they traded Thaddeus out after bringing him back. But. Um, like Jeremy Grant is a very viable move. They could make that happen. They'd have to trade guys like Pat Will and Kobe White, and I'm not sure if that's worth a move for Jeremy Grant. But if you want to go all in this season, that's how you do it. Do you think if the home run swing is there for the taking, they'll take it, Trey?
1: Definitely, honestly. Honestly,
0: 100%. It's cool. It's cool to see a team playing like it's 2K, and I hope they continue to do it. That is going to wrap up the landscape of the trade market as we sit less than a month to the deadline. We're going to we're going to get to more specific trade content. The staff you guys want to hear where we break down the rumors, come up with our own trades and stuff like that. It's going to come in the coming weeks, but we wanted to set um, what the market is going to look like talk through each team and what's going to happen. We talked about a lot of potential deals during that. We just didn't flesh them out. We're going to in the coming weeks. We'll especially cover the Jeremy Grant rumors and the Christian Wood rumors, Sacramento Kings guys as well. When a trade happens, we'll dissect that as well. Beyond that, this is no bucks given, soon to be under new title ship, signing out. I'm at Guccifer at underscore Lucifer with a G if you really want to check it out. And it's just depression jokes and sports takes. And as always, Nick Andre at Nick Andre ATR on Twitter. Dre, you got anything to plug for us today? Anything you want us to check out?
1: Um, Just uh, subscribe to the Patreon.
0: Yeah, subscribe to the Patreon. I'm like, what are you yeah. guys doing if you're not doing that at this time? Definitely. That's going to wrap us up here. We'll catch you next week. A lot of big news coming. Stay tuned on the Twitters, the Twitters, as, you know, really young people say to keep an eye out on that big games, big trades coming, signing off deuces. Deuces.